Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to re- begin reading in verse 8, as we'll, Lord willing, time permitting, we'll try to finish the whole chapter, chapter 1 this evening. But we'll start reading in verse 8. The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And Joshua commanded all the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land, which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest, and hath given you this land. Your wives, and your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord have given your brethren rest as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. Which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side Jordan toward the sunrising. And they answered Joshua saying all that thou commandest us we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that rebel, that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong. And have a good courage. I want you to mark over and over and over in chapter 1. You find in verse 8, he says, uh, Thou mayest observe to do according to all. Mark that word all. To do according to all that is written therein. Not just some of what is written therein, but all. And then he says, in verse uh, 13, Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you. The Lord hath given you rest and given you this land. And then he says in verse uh, 16, if you'll notice that. And they answered Joshua saying all. Mark that word all there. And then notice the word all in verse 17. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things. Not just some things, all things. Then notice verse 18. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Now remember, this book is about Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land. And the promised land is not heaven. We hear many songs, I'm bound for the promised land. And I'm not trying to criticize all of that necessarily. It's a nice application to say it's heaven, but that's not literally what the promised land is. The promised land is the victorious Christian life. 
It is living in victory every single day. And you can live in victory every single day. Many times we live from defeat unto victory. But the Christian is not called to live from defeat unto victory, unto defeat, unto the victory. No, we're called to live from victory unto victory. God says, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. That's every day. Giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are conquering Christians. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are going to succeed as Christians. So God says we can conquer the ground he's given us to conquer. Now, God gave them a literal ground to conquer there. But we see the spiritual picture for us today. We know he wrote this specifically to Israel, but the application is true. And we noticed last week that after the death of Moses, who was that great leader that God used so mightily, God said to Joshua, now therefore arise. You see, God's plan never changed. It didn't matter who changed as leaders. God was always the same. Hebrews 13, 8, we know this verse. uh, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's plan for the church was to build the church and that gates of hell should not prevail against it. I want to tell you that's still God's plan for the church. And we look at a day and we see, we see church buildings are closing. Jessica was looking and found some church buildings today and sent them to me. They're closing somewhere in, here in, I think, southern Ontario. Places in northern Ontario closing. I've seen Jehovah's Witness buildings closing. I'm calling them buildings because they're not churches. And you see all of these things. And you think, oh, let's get despair. One third of all Canadian churches are going to close. I want to tell you the future is as bright as the promises of God. We can move forward. And God wants us to take that ground, not just in planting churches. God wants us personally in our own spiritual lives to take the ground that we ought to take. And that would be different from the ground that I should take. Now, there are some things that are the same, that we should all grow as Christians. But there are some personal things you know you ought to grow in maybe you struggle with. And God says, I've given you that ground. It is yours. The only problem is you need to take it. It is by your will. Now, I'm not saying that you can have anything you want to by your will. What I am saying is everything God says for you that is in the Bible, if you want it, you can take it if it is God's will. Notice what he says in this verse over and over and over. He says in verse Uh, 8, if you'll notice that, he says, according to all that is written therein, in the middle of the verse. So we we ended really on verse 11 of chapter 1, but we we backtracked for this message to go back to verse 8 to understand this word all. And I want to speak on this just briefly, give you the points, make the application. Getting all that God has for you. Getting all God has for you. You know, the Christian life in this book of Joshua is simply about getting all God has for you. You see, you never get all that God has for you until you're willing to give all you have to God. So he says, getting all God has for you. So here's the first thing. How do you get all that God has for you? Well, God lines it out, and we're sort of overlapping last week's message, but that's in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And I know many people that call themselves Christians, and I am guilty. I said, I want to do what God wants me to do, but I only want to do part of what God said to do. There are Christians who know they ought to do something, 
God has shown them in the word that they ought to do it, but they will not do it. And they're not going to be blessed by God, and they are not going to be able to take the ground that they ought to take in their Christian life. They will not live a victorious Christian life. They will live a defeated life because the Bible says we are to meditate in His Word day and night that thou mayest observe to do, not just observe to do, all that God commanded us to do. Did you know that you can do everything in this verse, but if you remove the little word all, you removed it all. God says we need to get all that God has for us and in order to do that, we need to have a conviction that is rock solid about the Word of God. Not only that we hold the Bible up. You know, I've, I've been in meetings before and preachers are real good at this. And they'll hold the Bible up and say, the Bible's God's Word. And of course, it's like preaching to the choir. Everybody there agrees with it. And so you think, wow, that's great. And they talk about the Bible, but they never even preach the Bible. Or they say, I believe the Bible's God's word. And then they go off on a tangent and talk about what they want to talk about. But God says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Within the Bible is the power to live the Christian life. People say, I'm waiting for God to speak to me. He's already spoken. It's right there in your hands. So open it up, read it, learn it. God says... That thou shalt meditate there. And that's to think about the Bible. You know what we need to do? We need to remove all distractions and think about what God says in His Word. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my uh, heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God says that, this, uh, that, that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That has to do with meditation and memorization. And if we are hiding God's word in our heart and we have a, a conviction that we need to obey the word of God, we need to understand something. We cannot get all God has for us in the Christian life to live the victorious Christian life unless we are completely obedient to the word of God. Now, notice... The Bible says it's the book of the law there. And then I want you to notice what it says in verse 16. And they answered Joshua saying, all that thou commandest us. So it's a commandment there. So it's the law, then it's the commandments. And then we notice in verse 18, Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment. There's a commandment again. And then notice this. And will not hearken unto thy word or words. It's words, plural. You see, every word of God is important. This is why we believe that all the Bible is inspired. But not only do we believe all the Bible is inspired, we believe every single word is is inspired because he said all the words, every single one of them are so important. You should hang on to every one of them and you should hearken and listen to every one of the words unless you want God to get, unless you want to get everything God has for you. If you don't want that, then just read part of them. Just obey part of them. But if you want everything God has for you, obey all the word of God, every part. Here's the second thing. The appreciation for the servants who went before us. We need an appreciation for servants who went before us. Notice what he says in verse 11. Pass through the host and command the people. 
saying, Prepare you victuals. For within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Now remember this. God's will for them was to go into the land and possess it. They didn't have to pray for something God had already given them. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying don't pray. You should pray every day. You should seek the Lord every day. But you, you don't have to pray about something God has already revealed in his word that you ought to do. And God revealed to them, go and take the land. They didn't have to search out the land. They didn't have to spy out the land. They didn't have to do anything with the land. All they had to do was go in and take the land. God gave it to them. But they didn't do that. But the Bible says here, you go in to possess this land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. It was a gift by God. And to the Reubenites, in verse 12, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. So he said, here's what you need to remember. Now Joshua didn't come out and say, Now listen, I know Moses is dead, and I didn't like a few things about Moses. You know, I'm the leader now, so just listen to me. That's not what he did. He said, Moses was greatly used of God. You remember old Moses? You remember him? You remember what he said to you? You remember the words that he said? And really, it's not really about Moses or, or Joshua, is it? It's about the words. And the words came from God. And God, they were just the messenger boys, if you will, delivering the message to the people. And God was giving them the words. They were giving the words to the people. The people either believed it or rejected it. And if they wanted all that God had for them, they would have to obey the complete word of God. But not only that, they would have to have appreciation for those servants who went before. And the Bible says Moses was a servant of the Lord. And God says, remember him. And you know what we have today? We have a generation who wants all that God has for us. But we don't want to have an appreciation for people who've paved the way before us. And that's a real sad thing. You see, you can't get the results of wanting that you want by possessing everything that God has for you. You can't say you want everything God has for you and in the same breath turn around and say, I want to reject everybody who is a Christian that went before me who believed Bible truth and Bible doctrine. It is very important. We're not the first group of people in the world that believe what we believe here this evening. There have been a long line of people since the times of Jesus Christ there have been people who believe what we believe here this evening. And God has a book, and it is an ancient book, but it is ever relevant for today. We don't need to change it. We don't need to monkey around with it. We need to obey it, and we need to appreciate those who went before us. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews there's a great cloud of witnesses. They've run their race, and they're watching us run ours. God says we need to remember that cloud of witnesses. God takes uh, careful uh, knowledge of those things. And, and there is a danger in that. We can make hero worship out of people and make them out to be God-like, and we should never do that. But God's not talking about that. He's talking about having a proper appreciation for people who have went before us. Now, here's the third thing. So we need to get all God has for us. We need to obey the complete word of God. We need to have appreciation for the servants who went before. The third thing is we need to have a readiness to fight the Lord's battles. Notice what he says in verse 
14, your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side, Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed all the mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord have given your brethren rest. I want to stop right there and say this. You cannot have rest until you fight. You cannot have rest until you go head to head with the enemy. You know what many people call themselves today? They say, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. They don't want to fight anybody. Now, we're not out to pick a fight with anybody. I'm not out to stir up somebody just for the sake of making them mad or angry. But if we're not willing to fight the world, the flesh, and the devil, you're not in the Christian life. God says, if you want victory, you've got to fight. Well, the good thing about the fight is we've already won. That's why Paul said, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. And most people, they can't say they fought a good fight. You know why? They're not ready to put on their boxing gloves. They're not ready to get ready for battle. They haven't put on their, their feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. They don't have their sword, which is the word of God. They don't have their helmet of salvation. They don't have the sword of the spirit. They don't have... Uh, the armor that they need as a Christian. And the devil is shooting at churches and he's shooting at Christians every day. And Christians are not getting all that God has for us. They're getting some of what God has for them. They're getting parts here and there. They're getting part of what they need in prayer, part of what they need in Bible reading, part of what they need in witnessing. And God says, I want all. I want you to get all that I have for you in my life, in your life. And if you want that, you need to have a readiness to fight the Lord's battle. Turn with me to Jude. And I want to show you this quickly. Jude. And this is a book that, because there's only one chapter in Jude, that we tend to overlook. But it is a very needful book. Notice what he says in verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them which are sanctified by the Father, God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Brethren, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And then the rest of the book goes on where Jude says, woe unto this group and woe unto that group. And this group has disobeyed God. And he goes and straightforward calls out those who are wicked. Paul even said this, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And Paul would call out people who stood against the things of God, who are opposed to the doctrine of Christ. And unless we stand up today, things are going to fall apart. This is why Ezekiel twenty-two thirty says, And I sought for a man among them that would stand in the hedge and make up the gap for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. So God, that means God's looking today. God is looking for an adult. God is looking for a teenager. He's looking for a young person to say, I am going to take a stand. I'm ready to fight the Lord's battle. The devil is real. Yes. Every single day. 
I used to think that if you read the Bible enough and you pray enough and you were spirit-filled enough, you'd get to the point where you never had any more battles as a Christian. You ever thought that when you were a younger Christian? If you started out as a young Christian, you grew a bit and you thought, you know, I just got to read. If I get to a spiritual level, I'll get up here so high and I can just fly like an eagle. And then the devil won't bother me up here. But when you get up there, you find out the devil knew how to fly too. And he got up there and he's just trying to smack you down the whole time. And then you get on your face before God. You say, Lord, I failed again. Lord, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your guidance. Every day is a battle. Unless you leave your, get out of bed in the morning and you say, I'm ready to fight the Lord's battle, you'll fail. Have a ready mind. Say, I've fought a good fight. And that wasn't a fight saying he's a good hitter. He's a good puncher. He knows how to box. That's not what Paul's saying. It had nothing to do with Paul. The good fight is, it was a fight worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Here's the last thing. There's a, there is a obedience to the word of God. There's appreciation for the servants who have went before. There's a readiness to fight the Lord's battles. And there's rejoicing over God's victory. Now I want to just briefly mention this. It says in verse 15, Until the Lord hath given your brethren rest and hath given you, as he hath given you, they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then you shall return to the land of your possessions and enjoy it. You see, when God gave you salvation, he gave you to enjoy it. When God gave you possessions in the Christian life, he didn't give you them to be some sour person. He gave it to them to, the, to enjoy it. God gave it to you to enjoy it. And we need to rejoice in God's victory. The interesting thing is here, these people said in verse 18, Whosoever he be of you that rebelleth against thy commandment, we will uh, and will not hearken unto the words, and all thy, thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. I want to ask you a simple question after chapter 1. Did they do what they said in that verse? No. <laughs> they didn't do what they said. They made lots of nice pledges to God, but never fulfilled on it. And you know what? Many Christians are the same. They said, I know God's given me every word. I know that I need to have appreciation for those who went before. I know I need to have a readiness to fight the Lord's battle. And I know I can rejoice in God's victory, but I'm not going to do all that God has for me. I'm not going to do that. You know how I know? Because the Bible says in Numbers 13, they didn't drive out the enemy. Neither did they drive out. Over and over and over, they were supposed to drive out the enemy. But they didn't drive the enemy completely out. And until you drive the enemy completely out, you can't have the victory God has for you. And God says, I want you to get all that I have for you, not just some of what I have for you. Let's pray.